Welcome to the KBB Review podcast and this first episode of our Insight 2024 series of conversations with industry leaders. At a time when the economic outlook is uncertain at best, what lessons can we learn from 2023 and what are the educated guesses about what may happen in 2024? Where are the opportunities? Where are the pitfalls? And where will we be in a year's time? And we're starting with a big name from a big brand and that's Simeon Gabriel, the Managing Director of Hetic UK. But first, yes, we're talking to Hetic today. And as I'm sure you know, they develop and produce a variety of fittings for all sorts of different functions, from drawer systems and runner systems to hinges, as well as sliding and folding door systems. And that's all because good furniture needs good solutions. You can find out all about them at hetic.com. That's H-E-T-T-I-C-H.com. And that link is in the episode description. And here is Simeon Gabriel from Hetic. Hello, Simeon. A very Merry Christmas to you. Andy, great to hear you. It's been a year since we last had a bit of a chat, isn't it? It has been a year, and what a year it has been. In fact, let's start with that by looking back at 2023. It has been a year of ups and downs, big picture stuff. As we're coming to the end, what's your assessment of how business has been and what kind of year it has been if you have to run a business? Well, to be honest, I mean, market conditions have been seriously challenging for most businesses in the KBB sector this year. There's no point in pretending otherwise. Economic uncertainty has negatively affected consumer confidence. However, businesses that show resilience and creativity are being rewarded. You know, the overall cake may be smaller, but those businesses with the drive to succeed and the will to be creative and try new things and stand out from the crowd have been able to take a bigger slice of that cake, which puts them in a stronger position to take advantage of the recovery when it comes. It's been really interesting, hasn't it? Because so much of the talk is about cost of living crisis and all this kind of thing. But the truth is, I think it's much more nuanced than that. I think it's about trying to work out who's got the money and who hasn't. Yeah, I think I think that's very fair. I think, you know, people have been, well, a little reticent because they've seen the doom and gloom on the news. You know, there's obviously a lot of uh, global political stuff going on in the background. Um, there's been an awful lot of uncertainty in the UK economy, but things have started to stabilise a bit. And I think as we look forward to 2024, I'm pretty positive. Economy is uh, starting to stabilise. We're seeing some green shoots of recovery and I'd expect them to grow in 2024. You know, because higher interest rates have made people a bit more reluctant to move. But now the pace at which those interest rates are rising has slowed and homeowners are starting to spend more on improving their existing property. Uh, Many have realized that persistent inflation means that the money they've saved will not necessarily go as far in the future. So it's better to invest now. One of the phrases that came out of the whole COVID period was the new normal. And I think the new normal now is that, okay, interest rates have gone up, but actually they're still not as high as they they have been in the past. This is almost like a normal interest rate, I think. It is not a a hyperinflationary thing. It is just inflation. And therefore, these things go up and down and fluctuate all the time. And in the end, this is just how it is. You've got to get on with your life. I think there's a little bit of that going on as well, I think. Yeah, I think, well, those of us who were old enough to remember the kind of situation that we had with interest rates back in the uh, 80s and 90s and inflation rates were really eye-watering, probably look at the interest rates now and think, well, actually, yeah, they're, they're a little more back to where they probably would normally be. But of course, we've we've also got to remember that there's an awful lot of people out there who have got on the housing ladder in the, in the last few years who have known nothing else than 
hyper low interest rates. So this is, of course, going to be a bit of a shock to them. And plus you have to borrow eye-watering amounts more now than you had to do in the 80s when interest rates are that high. So it does kind of even itself out a bit. Well, let's go into 2024. When you are sitting in your office and you're planning for the year ahead, what are the big macroeconomic factors that you'll be looking out for? If you like, the things that are out of your control. Is it interest rates and mortgages or are there other factors in there too? Well, it's definitely interest rates and mortgages because that materially affects how confident people are and how much disposable income they've got available to them. Inflation is clearly another thing that we will be keeping a close eye on. But at the same time, it's going to be interesting to see how things pan out from a a political perspective in 2024 because I think we can be reasonably confident there's going to be a, a general election and that might well mean that people have a little more optimism if they can see what the future holds from a political perspective. Yeah, you always get to the point in the political cycle, don't you, where people end up looking for change. They want change. They want different things to happen. And I think that makes people naturally optimistic, I think, when they're they're viewing their own circumstances. Well, they, they've got a, a little more idea of what people are planning for the for the next four or five years. And because we're coming to the end of a parliament now, and we've obviously had a government that's been in place for quite some time, and there's been an awful lot of uncertainty and volatility in the last couple of years, then people are looking to their leaders and, and they want to um, see something a, a little more stable and a little more optimistic and know that people have got a plan. And a little more competent. <laughs> well, I couldn't possibly comment. How about your own strategy? How about the things that are under your control? Where do you think the opportunities lie for you and your company uh, ahead in the next year? Does that uncertainty economic, economic outlook present opportunities for you? Oh, undoubtedly. And I think uh, that's the same for a a lot of businesses and and certainly retailers out there as well, in that we've got to remember that the economic woes will not last forever. Those businesses that are using this kind of opportunity to reflect, be honest with themselves about what their strengths and weaknesses are, and are willing to adapt to the changing market conditions and you know, position themselves to meet the changing consumer needs out there, have every chance of thriving. And you know, that's certainly something that we're doing from a, from a HETIC perspective is uh, you know, reassessing, listening, engaging with our customer base and their customer base in a different way and looking to understand how we can actually help businesses who are using our products and want to stand out from the crowd, how we can help them to do that. Yeah, I always think that businesses, no matter how big they are, no matter how well established they are, should be like sharks. You know, they're always moving forward. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. It's uh, you, You've got to always have an eye on the future. I think it's also important to take a look back occasionally and see, see how far you've actually come. Because it's funny, you, you often don't do that and you're concentrating on the mountain in front of you and you don't actually remember that you've already climbed into the foothills and you've already made a whole heck of a lot of progress. I'm not sure how good at climbing mountain sharks are, but I like the mixed analogies there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't be a mixed metaphor. I mean, look, we've talked about what's out of your control and what's under your control. And again, I think for any business leader, whether that's a big supplier or a small retailer, identifying what you can influence and what you can't is a really important exercise too. You have to kind of simplify your view to think, Right, in that column, I can't do anything about that, so I'm not even going to think about it, but I can do stuff about that, therefore, what's my strategy? 
Oh, that that's very important. Concentrate on the stuff that you can influence. Be mindful of the things that you can't. You know, you've got to understand what's going on in the world and what's actually affecting your customer base out there. But at the same time, concentrate on the things that you definitely can influence. And if you do that and you take control of that kind of situation, then uh, there's nothing that you can't achieve, really. Well, having said all that, as you say, we've got a general election coming up next year. When it will be is the is the debate. I'm going for October, November. But as a business leader, you know, you run a business, you have lots of employees. What do you want to see on those manifestos? What would you like to see political leaders do in terms of business? The first thing would be uh, that word that you used, which is competence. <laughs> um, and uh, I'd, I'd also like to see some positivity in some people actually coming to the political landscape with some big ideas, because actually we've got some big challenges. And, you know, I'm encouraged to see that, for example, people are thinking about housing, social housing, and some of these big challenges that have been there for a while, but people have just tinkered around the edges and haven't really taken them on in a really meaningful way. And uh, these are the things that affect people on a day-to-day basis. And again, those things present real opportunities as well as uh, solving problems at the same time. Okay, so look, here's the question. This is a very sort of journalistic question. I apologise for putting you on the spot. But if you can only pick one thing, where do you think the opportunity is if you're a retailer in 2024? What's the one thing that you think, right, if you're going to do one thing, do that? I'd probably say the biggest thing is remember that people buy from people. Every one of us is a, is a consumer. So what convinces us is likely to convince someone else. So if we are going to be convinced to part with a significant sum of our own hard-earned cash for a home improvement project, it'll be by someone we like and we trust because it's an emotional purchase. So offering a quality product and a good service is, yeah, they're an absolute must. But knowledge, creativity, and importantly, likability are often what makes a customer buy from you and not from the guy down the road. You know what, that's so interesting because that, again, these are things under your own control, but I think that is coming down to the core manifesto, if you like, of the independent retail sector. And it's always interesting when these kind of ups and downs of economies happen that I think it makes the core principles of independent retail much, much stronger. Trust, reputation, recommendations, all these things are absolutely the core of what they do. And they become more and more valuable in situations like this, I think. Oh, 100%. And to be honest, it's something that bigger businesses often forget. They get out of touch with that kind of thing. And it's something that um, we at Hetic are very, very conscious of and you know, one of our major strengths is that we remember that we are dealing with people and we always encourage customer facing businesses, especially retail businesses to empathize, put yourselves in the shoes of the, of the person you're selling to and, uh, understand them and make sure that you uh, are giving them something that's going to excite them and inspire them. And then you're much more likely to be able to work with them. That word trust is so important, isn't it? It is very much so. Well, look, Simeon, thank you so much. It's it's always great to talk to you. You have a real interesting insight on things, and especially now that you've had your feet under the table there for a year, you've had time to really sort of reflect on, on what's gone past and what's coming forward. So it's so interesting talking to you. Thank you so much for your time, and have a very happy Christmas and a very happy New Year. And the very same to you, Andy. Merry Christmas. 